If you want this podcast free of ads, follow us now on patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you? It is podcast time again. John is looking at me a little bit perplexed because he's just come back from the garage. I have. Mark, this is actually the first time probably ever that I've been jealous of you. Thank you, John. I'm I'm glad it's the first time ever, ever. (laughs) And your scooter. Oh, I brought it out. I brought it out of cold storage over the weekend. How much does it cost to fill that up? Uh, Nine euros. (laughs) See, I just spent 90, 90 filling up the car. You did not. Yesterday. Isn't that unbelievable? 90 quid. So a liter of petrol is what about? Uh, It's, I think it's 177 or in around that. Wow. Well, John, okay. All you've got to do <laughs> is go down to, go down to Scooter Island, down on Burkey <laughs> or one of the keys, yeah. get yourself a little classic mod version, a little Lambretta, and away you go. And a parka to go with You've got to get a parka, and you've got to get Actually, do you know what? I was watching the rugby the other day in, in McKenna's, right? Yeah. <laughs> and who comes in but a whole knot of old mods, right? Really? Wearing pork pie hats, wearing little Harringtons, all the badges, the whole thing. It was a fantastic look. They straight out of Cabra. Cabra A boys. Cabra A boys, that was it. But anyway, uh, I'll tell you, let's talk about energy because price of energy is going through the roof. There's ways of discussing it. What I want to talk about this podcast is there are huge changes going on in the global economy, mm. massive changes which will have profound and could have positive ramifications for us oh but we need to get things sorted we need to get certain our house in order in certain areas okay and the interesting thing is on energy you know the most if you've ever been in a country where energy is free it's a very strange thing so i'll tell you years ago so years ago when i first went to russia this is again bizarre right was in the winter of 1987 Okay, sounds long, like a first line of a song. Exactly. The winner of 87. <laughs> a long, long t- time ago. Okay. And it was about minus 30 degrees in Moscow. And you arrive into Sheremetyevo, which is the international airport. Mm. And it was pure, full on communism, right? <laughs> and it was gray and it was drab. Yeah. And the place was full of ladders pumping out smoke all over yeah. the place, right? Yeah. And the cigarettes, <laughs> they were foul and everything was really weird and gray, right? 
and freezing cold, like like impossibly cold. Mm. And then, of course, what, the weird thing about Russia, it's because the because the alphabet is Cyrillic. Yeah, you've no idea where you're going. Yes. Like even you can't, you've no idea what's happening. So the, the language, the alphabet, the food was weird. Then there's loads of vodka, which is, and I've never really liked vodka, right? So you yeah. have to sit there. So give us a glass of wine or something. <laughs> and then the wine comes from, I, I, interestingly, the wine, wine all came from Moldova or Georgia. Georgia, yeah. yeah all well, that's of it. where that wine was, began. That's where, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and the place we need to go to. Defo. One of these Defo. days. One of these. But what really struck me, and this is kind of pathetic, like the economic student, what didn't strike me was like the gulags or the propaganda. <laughs> what really struck me was the fact that in the hotel that I was in, right, I had to keep the windows open all night, even though it was minus 30 outside. And the reason was the radiators were always on. Right. Because energy was free in Russia. So they turned on the radiators. Full in, blast. Full blast in November and probably turned them off in March. Right. right. Okay. So the place he's up. So, so you'd meet the Russians and the Russians were... And again, I want to say this all the time. The Russian people are friendly, they're curious, they were warm, they were hospitable. They had extraordinary kind of education. They, and they were really, really interested in, in, in who the hell mm. are you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I see all this stuff going on now, and, you know, this is not Russian people that I know. Russian people that I know are unbelievably warm and generous. They're not like these creatures that Putin is suggesting yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the interesting thing, was, right, and this is the thing, is that what really concerned me as an economist was the cost savings. I was like, <laughs> there's a, you know, I'm not reading Solzhenitsyn, I'm not reading Dostoevsky, I'm actually worried about the radiators, right? <laughs> now, can you imagine, this was, remember in Ireland, what was the biggest crime you could commit in this country in the 1980s at home? Leaving on the immersion. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, 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 absolutely. Exactly. Like in our house, my dad would say, who left on the immersion? Right? As if you'd actually... And you'd wake up in the middle of the night going, Jesus, yeah, yeah. must check the immersion. Exactly, you know? And it was like, it, 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 it was up there with animal cruelty. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right, leaving on the immersion. So I came from a country that was obsessed by the price of energy. Yeah. And I went to a country that didn't care about it. And the reason is, of course, Ireland imports energy. And therefore, as you saw on the, on the pumps, yeah. as we import energy, right... And gas and oil and what's happening in outside the world has profound impacts on us. So I was thinking about this, John, this energy issue, but I was also thinking in the context of what else is changing in the world. And amazingly, Putin has managed, and this will again have severe ramifications for Ireland. Mm. Putin has managed to awaken, to awaken Germany. Germany has been asleep for yeah. 40 years since the Second World War, for 70 years since the Second yeah. World War. It has been what the German, great German Chancellor, Willy Brandt, the guy who actually went down on his knees in front of the ghetto in Warsaw in 1970 and pleaded for forgiveness from Polish people. Right. From the activities of German I soldiers. I know that. Wow. Yeah, an amazing, an amazing politician, Willy Brandt. But he said that Germany is an economic giant, but a political pygmy. Right? Yeah. That we don't have the permission to be political anymore. We don't have the permission to lead. We don't give ourselves the permission, mm. right? That was very much Germany up until last week. And now Germany's saying, we're going to invest in our military. 100 we billion are, or something. And we're going to rearm. Now, does that bother you? Well, it's interesting. I, I'm reading this book, John. <laughs> it's another tome. The, it is a tome. <laughs> what was that? That was the app you were saying. I blink. Like, 
Blinklist. What is Blinklist? Blinklist, actually, it's very good. And there's a free free ad for them, actually. But Blinklist is they take books and give you a 15-minute pricey of them. Well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, this book good. I'm reading now is called The Iron Kingdom, right? By Christopher Clark. But it's the history of Prussia. Because Prussia was essentially the military part of Germany. Mm. And it's about how it expanded from a small state to becoming more or less under Bismarck, the German Empire. And it's fascinating because Prussia is the only country that has actually been obliterated off the planet. Yeah, yeah, After the Second World War, the Allies said, this country is so problematic, we're going to actually disappear it. And it disappeared. Prussia doesn't exist except in the minds of Prussians. Cancel culture at Can- its, yeah, yeah. it's most extreme. extreme. Yeah, 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 exactly. You think, you think Dave Chappelle's been cancelled? I'll give you, Russia's been cancelled. Okay. Okay. But it's, it's a fascinating read. But So what's happening is the global economy has been recast profoundly, right? Mm. And supply chains are going to change profoundly. Because in the past, it was sufficient to just get the cheapest place so you could have a supply chain that extended into China or even deeper into certain parts of Russia, for yeah, example, yeah. because you could get your commodities or whatever you wanted cheaper. That's not going to be the case anymore. Now we're going to do business with people we know and people we respect, whose ideology and whose worldview we respect. Yeah. So what is going to happen is those supply chains that from 19, let's say, 90 to 2022 were all about going further and further into countries. And it didn't matter what sort of regimes they had. It didn't matter what sort of human rights they yeah, had. It didn't so matter true, what yeah. sort of leadership they had. It's like, oh, don't be worried about all those sort of human rights things and democracy and liberalism. That's all going to change. Kids' labor, et cetera, that, et cetera. Now, what's yeah. going to change now is that only liberal democracies will trade and do business with liberal democracies. Because sanctions are the most combative way of saying we're not doing any trade with you right because we disagree with you now this is why china's choice in the next weeks is elemental to it because if it chooses russia then we've got two blocks we've got our block and their block now i happen to think the chinese will prevaricate because there's too much i think as somebody said on twitter the other day uh, i can't remember who it was said you know we're now going to see a master class in playing both sides by china Maybe, maybe. But as somebody mm. said on Twitter about two months ago, <laughs> Putin is a genius. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody said, oh, I'm in, I've had five <laughs> pints and I'm going to say something on Twitter. I'm going to say, master class. <laughs> but let's go back to the, the, the idea here is that Ireland's game for so long has been a tiny cog in a global supply chain. That is how we got reasonably wealthy. Mm. Because small countries, it's an important point to keep making all the time again and again, need to overcome the tyranny of size and the complexity of scale, right? So if you're small, you can't get rich trading with yourself. You have to trade with other people because your markets aren't big enough. So how do you do that? Well, if you've no companies, you bring in other companies and you say, come and set up here. And we are we, we'll we particularly tax good at that. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So now, if lots and lots of companies are going to think twice about putting their offices, their production facilities, their services, their back office in autocratic states, 
they're going to actually put them into democratic states. And therefore, countries like Ireland have a huge potential upside because we've already got the model working. It actually works. Mm. However, we've got to get our own act together here because if our rate of inflation, this comes back to you and the energy. Yeah. If our rate of inflation is way out of whack, it means our wages will be way out of whack. It means our rents will be way out of whack. It can be the cost of doing business will be way out of whack here. And because we are now part of the 15% global tax regime, we can't change our tax lower to compensate the fact that our costs are higher, right? Because in the past, what we could do to the Americans would say, well, our costs are kind of higher, but you'll pay less tax here, right? Yeah. And they'd say, okay, that's fine. But now you're going to pay 15% tax everywhere. So Ireland has to figure out a different way of thinking about its economic model. So Ireland, John, has to really, to use this crisis yeah. to recalibrate our economic model to make sure that we can actually benefit from the change in the geostrategic balance of the world, which could crucial, which did you see, which could cause lots and lots of companies to come to places like this. But we've got to get our act together. Okay, let's get into that just after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So, Mac, you were saying there that, you know, we, Ireland, is a small cog in the big global yeah. economy. Yeah. And we can actually benefit from what's going on at the moment. Yeah. And, but our big problem and the global problem is inflation. But how do we get inflation under control and how is it different here than in other okay. countries? Well, there's two parts of that question. One is, come back to this idea of benefiting, okay? Mm. Had you said in 1990 when the Berlin Wall fell, so the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, yeah. at the time, all the great thinkers and economists and, and whatever all said that the countries that will benefit most from the fall of the Berlin Wall will be those countries in and around Germany. Yeah. So Poland, Czech Republic, Hungary, 
the former well, communist country. The Soviet bloc. Yeah, 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 but, yeah right. Yeah. And extending down to Yugoslavia, the former right. Yugoslavia, right? And the idea at the time would be that what was going to happen is lots and lots of capital would flow into those countries. It would fuse with their educated labor forces because they were quite well educated. Yeah. Communists, particularly the industrial manufacturing side of the population, was pretty, pretty good, right? Okay. And that those countries will surge, right? So the closer you are to Germany, the more likely you are to actually benefit. Yeah. Right? What actually happened is the country that benefited most was Ireland. Right. And nobody saw that coming. Go, I, I explain, how did that come about? So what happened was, in 1990, Soviet Union collapses, globalization becomes the ideology, right? Yeah. Lots and lots of American corporations that had only dipped their toe outside the United States, okay, decided, okay, we want to export to Europe. We want to own a little bit of this effervescence. We want to get involved in these new markets. And they had a choice. And the choice is, do we invest in Hungary, which is beside the new market, in actual fact, is much, much cheaper. Yeah. And then they went to those places and they thought, nah, they're not familiar for us. They don't speak English. They don't have a legal system which is based on common law. Oh, right. Okay. They don't, we don't have any real links with these people, right? Where can we invest that we can access those people, but it feels like Connecticut with shitty weather? Yeah. yeah. And they thought, Ireland, right? And why not UK? Because the UK didn't really ever want to attract them in. So the UK corporate tax rate was still 30%. Right. Okay? Because UK at the time had very, very high levels, despite Thatcher, of corporation tax, mm. right? So lots of them came to the UK, of course, right? But the UK went more, more for manufacturing, existing manufacturing. Yeah. So they got in Japanese companies to try and buy up yeah. old UK car industries and things like that. Yeah. We said, here's a greenfield. We've no industry. And then suddenly within 20 years, we end up having the biggest pharmaceutical industry per head in the world. Yeah. In the world, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you had, so the Irish ended up profiting enormously from the end of the Soviet Union, where nobody would have forecast that at all, right? <laughs> and that's the way, that's the great thing about economics, it's complicated, you know, you can really yeah. get there. Did so we make it, we made a good play there though, the, the corporation tax obviously was the key thing, language, tax. education. All that, was, all that sort of stuff, but also, also we were lucky. We were just right, lucky, okay, we were in okay. the right place at the right time. Gotcha. And I even think even, you know, Paddy's week was last week, right? Yeah. The Irish diaspora helped enormously, right? I remember working for your man, Jack Welch, remember the head yes. of General Electric? I'll tell you about working for him. Jesus, do your head in, man. <laughs> I tell you, petrified, right? But he was an amazing guy to work for because you learned so much from him. Yeah, yeah. But I remember one night we were just chatting after, after a gig we did, and I was asking him, his, his grandparents came from Cork, right? And his dad was a tram driver in Salem, Massachusetts, like a bus driver. Okay? Right, 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 right. And very, very much Irish. His name's Welch, like Jack Welch, right? Yeah. And I said, like, did it matter to you as the head of General Electric when you were putting factories around the world and in Europe, for example, that your heritage was Ireland? Was that actually part of your calculation? Huh? And he actually looked at me and says, of course it was. Oh, really? Yeah, he said, I felt close to you guys. Yeah. I felt I wanted to give back. So all these things, they all happened they all at happen. a certain time. Yeah. The diaspora thing, it all really, really helped, right? But now we've got a situation where, again, we've got this opportunity. And now we can think about it. And now we can put things in place. But what we need to do here is, the first thing is to try and get our house in order when it comes to inflation, to keep our cost base 
down or keep keep it plausible. Yeah, but there's a certain amount of inflation that we can control, and then there's a huge amount that's way out of our control. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so so let's look at why. Okay, so Ireland is a classic what they call small open economy, which means that you're a price taker in everything, mm. right? That you cannot determine the price of any good on the international market, your own market, and the international market. So everything that is traded that you benefit from, you're a price taker. Yeah. So that means that you just have to grin and bear most prices. So therefore, it means that the most important price in the economy here is our exchange rate, because that determines the price of imports and exports. So if our exchange rate is strong, and if it's appreciating against the people we trade with, yeah. it means that we import what's called disinflation, our imported prices fall. And given that Ireland... Amazingly, exports and imports in Ireland constitute more than all GDP. It means we're completely open, right? right? So it means the exchange rate is the most crucial price. But we can't control that because we're in the euro. So we've already given that away. Yeah. And the good thing is the euro is strong against most countries, our most against most of our trading partners. So it means that we have an anchor called the exchange rate. So when I was like years ago, when we were, if you learn about economics in college, there's always this big dilemma of how emasculated really small countries are because you're price takers. Yeah. So the first thing is, when it comes about, talked about inflation in a small country like Ireland, the most important price is the exchange rate, right? So that's in the euro, it's out of our control. Yeah. So then you think, okay, what's in our control? And you look at oil prices, gas prices, wheat prices, food prices, they're all not in our control. But we can do certain amount on oil and gas, if we look at actually how much of the 170, was it 1 euro 78? Something like that, yeah, yeah. How much of it actually goes to Russia and how much of it goes to our government and taxes? See, this is the thing that's that's always kind of bothered me, is that there's a huge amount of tax from excise duties and VAT and lots of other stuff that is applied to tax. Like it's it's well over 50%. I know, it's huge. On, huge. On, yeah, so the government of that 170, yeah. the government is probably getting a close to 85 cents in tax revenue. Yeah. Right. And so so when the fuel prices go up, particularly from a VAT point of view. And excise duties, yeah. yeah. So they're getting even more money in. So their tax getting... take is is much greater. So So that surely is something that we should particularly in times of this huge inflation, is slash the well, they tax. Have, they're, they're, they're trying to slash the tax, but we could, you're right. You but, could, you but could, you bring you could, it right down. You could, you could have the price of petrol at the pumps if you suspended your tax take on petrol yeah. for the next year. And especially given the fact that... But then our, you'd have to worry about revenue. So you basically say, we're not going to tax... We're not going to but tax. that's what I was going to say. We, we have, what, 15 billion extra revenue that we didn't yeah, expect. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. You, you could know? do that. And I, and I think that if you were absolutely serious about getting inflation under control, you could do something like suspend tax on petrol. Yeah. However, at some stage, you're going to have to reinstate tax on petrol. And the reason is... We need to tax petrol because it's actually burning fossil fuels. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also an easy tax to take. The key to taxation was summarized by a guy called Jean Colbert. Right. Okay, Who Colbert. He... 
Hui. Colbert. Okay. You know the American comedian, isn't his yeah. name? Colbert? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but not him. Right, Because right. right. <laughs> he's right. originally French Canadian. Yeah. And Colbert, the American comedian, yeah. our presenter, Colbert had the worst job in the world. He was the finance minister for the sun god Louis the Fourteenth. Oh, right. And Louis liked to spend. He did. So you can imagine you're actually the fella who has to pay the bill. He, he built Versailles. Versailles, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, you're yeah. the lad who has to pay the bill for Louis's madness. So every yeah. every week Louis's giving you an invoice and you're like, oh, fuck, where am I going to get this? Right? Well, Colbert, the great thing about taxes, he said the key, it's called the hissing goose. He said the key to taxation is plucking feathers from the goose. And the crucial thing is how much you can pluck without getting the goose to hiss. Right? So you'd imagine, pluck, yeah. pluck, pluck. So you're trying to pluck the feathers from the goose without the goose noticing it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Taxation is the same, right? It's the hissing goose theory of taxation. You're trying to raise revenue without people noticing it. Yeah. And what you do, and that's why, you always, that's why they're always increasing on things like spokes and booze and petrol, right? Yeah. Because All the stuff I love. <laughs> exactly. It's basically an anti-trucker vote. If you were a Canadian trucker now, you'd go mad, okay? But, but we can do that, but you'd have to reinstate it. So the inflation that you control today would jack right up again after you reinstate it in a year's time or two years' time. So you could go from 2% inflation and then you'd have to get doubling yeah. of excess prices and you'd be back to really high inflation. So I think if, if you reduce the tax now, it will be on the basis of it's temporary. Yeah. And get that into your head, lads, and away we go, and then bring it up gradually. Yeah, I mean, uh, in fact, the, the state's trying to do this, but if we come back to the main issue here, right? At the moment, everyone's still talking, everyone's talking about the cost of living. So mm. let's not call inflation inflation. Let's call it the cost yeah. of living, because okay. that's what it is. Yeah. But again, in Ireland, the most significant increase in inflation this year has been, and was just announced this week, a 14.8% increase in the price of houses year on year. So the rate of inflation is 5%. It's three times higher in yeah, houses. Yeah, and again, yeah. I come back to the idea. What is the foundational price of houses? Land. And Ireland is the least densely populated country in Western Europe with amongst the highest land prices, which means that land is artificially inflated. Mm. So if we are serious, think about the people who listen to this podcast, right? They're living at home with their parents, they can't get a deposit. They can't move out. They can't find a place to rent, right? Yeah. Because so much of their income is taken up in land. So we have to go back to the basics. The foundational price of the construction industry is land. How do you get the price of land down? You profoundly change the taxation system, which at the moment our taxation system rewards hoarding of land mm. and dereliction. That's why half of Dublin is derelict, yeah, half of yeah. Cork, because there's no penalty to allowing land to go idle. Yeah. So what you've got to do is you've to increase a tax that encourages people to use land efficiently, right? So therefore leaving it idle will cost you. Yeah. And that's this site value tax. We're yeah. back to George, our friend George. In fact, I'm going to leave you with a story about George. Go on. Leopold Bloom. Ah, there was always going to be a Joycean angle in the, in to this. The opening, in the opening paragraphs of Calypso, where Bloom is introduced, he's leaving Eccles Street. Yeah. Molly is upstairs snoring. She wants her breakfast. Yeah. Bloom is talking to the cat, right? He's one of these, people talk to their animals. He's yeah. talking to the cat. Then he goes for a stroll. 
And the first thought that goes into Bloom's head is whether or not he can tap up the local publican for an ad, because he's an ad man. Right. But the second thought is, do you know the Big Tree pub on Dorset Street? Yes. That very bar, right, <laughs> used to be called Macaulay's in 1904. Right. <laughs> and he looks at Macaulay's and he sees that the Dublin Corporation is about to build a tram down Dorset Street, or is thinking of it. And Bloom says to himself straight away, wow, that'll push up the price of assets around here. Right. So that's the first thought we get of Bloom, right? Yeah. It's a Georgian thought. So what Bloom sees is the fact that land prices are the problem and the public investment drives up land prices. Let's get right back, forget Bloom for a second, to the issue. This is a crisis of monumental proportions. Yeah. 30 years ago, Ireland benefited enormously from a similar type of crisis with the collapse of the Soviet Union, right? Now we have a crisis in Ukraine. We have a recalibration of all economics, global economic supply chains. We are perfectly, perfectly, perfectly positioned to benefit, except for the fact that land has cost so much money here that it's knocking our cost base out of whack. Yeah. So if this state is serious about providing for future generations, providing for our kids and their kids, it has to tax sites, tax land, because then you bring down the cost of land. That brings down the cost of doing business here. It also brings down the cost of business without bringing down wages, yeah. which are people's income. And you've solved the problem at a stroke, but also you've done what everybody always says, John. Never let a crisis go to waste. Yes. And this is exactly what we should be doing. We should be saying, here's a crisis. Let's fix land. And let's blame the crisis. Just a quick shout out to all our Patreons. Thank you so much for supporting us over the last year. I hope you're enjoying the course. I hope you're enjoying the questions. I hope you're enjoying the uh, chats on Patreon. And if you do fancy supporting us, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.